Welcome, listeners, to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, the podcast dedicated to the lighter side of crime fiction. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host. On each episode, I interview an author writing cozy, traditional, or historical mysteries. You won't find mysteries with explicit sex or violence. You will find mysteries with high-quality writing, intriguing plots, and engaging characters. Thanks for listening. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Jennifer J. Chow returns to the corner today to chat about her new mystery, Deaths by Bubble Tea, the first L.A. night market mystery. Welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Alexia. Would you please introduce us to your protagonist, Yale Yi, and tell us about what she's up to in Death by Bubble Tea? Sure. Yale Yi is um, an Asian-American young woman, and her dad runs a dim sum restaurant, which she's worked at before, but because of some personal um, history, she's opted to go into a bookstore job. But then, because of budget cuts, she's let off from the bookstore, and her dad convinces her to run a food stall at the local L.A. night market. But she's not going to run it alone. Instead, she's got her cousin Celine visiting from Hong Kong, who's just has a different personality, and her dad thinks it's a great idea to do some family bonding by running this food stall together. And so first you've got the you know opposite personality cousins working together, and then there's a murder to throw on top of that. So it makes for um, an interesting, interesting journey for the both of them. Uh, you, you mentioned the dim sum. What is dim sum? Dim sum. Hmm. I guess it's. I guess they're like little plates, kind of like tapas, but Asian dishes. And so you can have. Um, just like little appetizer dishes that you can share in with a group. So often there'll be like steamed dumplings or um, there's, you know, like well, pot stickers can kind of work in that setting. And then there's like dessertish stuff like sesame um, balls, or there's also um, like chanfan, which is like a rice like rice noodle, but they're wrapped um, into like little rolls. So they're basically like little appetizer dishes that you can share with a group or with a family. Um, and a lot of them come in those like bamboo baskets and are steamed. Your, your sleuth Yale describes an interesting way of categorizing people by comparing them to dim sum. So how do you translate personality characteristics into traditional dishes? <laughs> that was a lot of fun I had. So I have this like dim sum cookbook. And so I was like, hmm, well, her dad owns this restaurant. And, you know, there's lots of different types of dim sum dishes. So wouldn't it be neat if, you know, kind of looked at a person and their personality and try to, you know, correlate that to a dish she knows. So like, I'm just gonna make one up like, oh, this person would be like, an egg roll, right? And they're like crunchy on the outside with, with a lot of like deep um, fillings that are like varied and maybe have like a, you know, a personality that's complex or something. 
a that's an interesting way of of uh, looking at people, <laughs> but uh, very very apt. It, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that is interesting is the way uh, the booksellers at the uh, bookstore, the literary Narnia, uh, label their shelves. There was one uh, shelf that you described as books with exquisite interior art, which is much more evocative than just interior design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, if, if you had to create a new shelf category for Death by Bubble Tea, what would that shelf be called? Mm. Maybe like books that will leave you hungry. <laughs> <laughs> leave you hungry for the next one in the series? Yes, hungry for the next one in the series and hungry in general. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of the literary Narnia, literary Narnia, uh, is that based on a real bookstore? It's not. It's kind of a conglomerate of different bookstores I've been to, but I do give like you know the Narnia nod, um, just because with the line in *Which in the Wardrobe*, I just remember um, sort of just that magical escape to you know Narnia, and so I kind of just wanted to fit that into the bookstore name. Your your sleuth's family is from Hong Kong. Would you tell us a bit about what Hong Kong's like? Um, well, it's actually pretty urban and small, <laughs> like tight, compact, you know. So uh, if you visit, you'll see a lot of um, like high rises. And it's interesting because it's it's got um, different influence, influences on its history, particularly there was, you know, a, a long time British rule. So you'll see um, a lot of like words that are used that maybe are more used from like British English than American English. And like this, when I had visited last, at least there's like street names with, you know, the Chinese characters, but also with English writing as well. And it's very um, advanced and also a little bit posh sometimes in a, a di- in certain areas. There's a lot of like focus on designers, luxury goods, that sort of thing. Um, and and it has some you know international influences just because of it being by by the water. It's it's a, like a Celine uh, Yale's cousin is is a little on the posh side. Yes, so she's. Um, Definitely her, her family um, it has enough money <laughs> as well to do and has a little bit of association with uh, the casinos in Macau. And so it's interesting that she comes from that sort of world. And in Yale, in America, um, her family kind of had to work really hard. And her dad owns the Stem Sun restaurant, but, you know, he's put in time um, to as a waiter and all these things to kind of make it and finally own and run a business. It, it, it sounds like uh, differences are uh, and and overcoming those differences are is a, a theme uh, running throughout the book. And one difference that uh, I noticed that you mentioned was that uh, Yale's father's restaurant specializes in dim sum and Cantonese dishes, uh, which suggests that there are other types of Chinese cuisine. So how, how do the cuisines of China different? I mean, it's not, which I know are very different from the American idea of Chinese food. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's, it depends on like what part, but there's definitely like different specialties. Um, so like in um, Northern China, you know, sometimes you might have like spicier dishes or the way even like certain dishes are made are, are slightly different. Um, the Cantonese dishes tend to be on the sweeter side, I would say. And so I think the, the taste palette is kind of slightly different. Uh, I'm lucky in Los Angeles where they, we have like different restaurants that specialize in like very specific you know, types of dishes. Like we'll have a restaurant that's like, this is specializes in like Hainan chicken rice. And that's like their thing. And then other ones will have, you know, different um, other specialties. Sounds delicious, actually. I've been mostly in areas where no actual distinction is made between the different regional cuisines. And honestly, what is served probably bears no resemblance to what you would actually get if you um, traveled outside the U.S. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is that the night market you refer to uh, had a lot of uh, food stalls. I mean, they, they, they um, Celine and Yale uh, are working a, a food stall there. So is, well, first, do night markets really exist? Yes, they do. So I've been in several night markets. I mean, mostly in East Asia, I would say. Um, so I've, you know, most frequently probably Taiwan because I have um, some relatives over there. But I've also been to night markets um, closer to the U.S. There was one in Canada, one in Texas, and I've been to a few in the Los Angeles and Orange County area. So they're definitely definitely around. What what types of foods would you usually find at a night market? Well, I mean the ones in. Asia are slightly different. So they'll have very um, specific foods, uh, but some of them cross, you know, carry over to this area as well. But they tend to be more um, Asian influenced. So like in Taiwan, there'll be uh, stinky tofu. There'll be like little fried yam balls or like these, Chinese sausage. They're like hot. I guess I'll call them hot dogs, but they're not really hot dogs because they don't have a bun, but they have like a Chinese sausage and they're wrapped in like a sticky rice bun. Sounds good. Um, if, if you were going to a night market, what's, what, what would be, what food would you recommend? Like what's your favorite night market dish? Oh, I like to try a lot of different things. Um, let's see. So on, I mean, the savory side, there's always um, like like grilled meats or like, uh, interestingly, I think when I was in Asia, they have like fried chicken, but there's, the spices are different. So maybe there's like five spice um, and other different flavorings that are give it a, a, you know, different feel than what I would find here in the United States. And then I like the dessertish thing. So I do like bubble tea and I like fried yam balls and sausage. So they have sausage on a stick. <laughs> so like Chinese <laughs> sausage on a stick. Um, so that's pretty good too. 
and I just like to try new things as well. Um, so I have kids and I know they like the, they have like little, I would like pancakes sort of. <laughs> and so they kind of like those as well. And you, you mentioned bubble tea. And of course that is in the, the title, Death by Bubble Tea. What is bubble tea? I, I've had it at actually a Vietnamese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very good, but I, I confess I didn't know what the little bubbles were made of. So it's a drink that has um, little balls, the tapioca balls made from tapioca starch. And they're kind of, hmm, they're like chewy and soft, but not mushy. And it's interesting because they, it's kind of like a drink that you eat and drink because you drink the, the beverage, the liquid part, but then you also like chew on the balls. So it's a little bit like double duty <laughs> when you're, you're drinking a bubble tea. Um, the classic flavor is like a, a milk tea. So like a black tea with like a creamer and then the balls in there. And they're like slightly sweet too. They're usually put in like a, like a syrup solution or sometimes like a honey solution. So it's got a slight bent towards sweet. You include a recipe, and I'm assuming that boba tea is the proper term for bubble tea. Well, I don't know. If it's <laughs> it's more of a it's like a slang term for like the 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 bubbles in bubble tea. So I think if you're actually the traditional term, it would be like um, pearl milk tea, which would be the more, I guess, traditional translation of it. But a lot of people would just like shorten it to like, oh, boba. I'm gonna have some boba. Um, which technically refers to the tapioca balls, but I don't think I know anyone who says I'm going to have boba and actually mean like I'm going to eat a bunch of these <laughs> tapioca balls. Yeah, the version in your book is is a fruity spin on the tea. Uh, you also have a recipe for a cucumber salad. Uh, so, who, who develops the recipes for your book? Um, well, I usually so it's usually stuff that I enjoy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, um, let me throw this in. And I think the bubble tea was probably because uh, maybe even more so uh, when things were shut down with the pandemic and, and making um, boba at home, you know, trying to like make my own recipe. And I do like some of the fruitier flavors. And I generally like sort of the pairing, like the grapefruit um tanginess and then like the sweetness and sort of having that kind of complexity to the flavor and so I usually have um some sort of base idea for the recipe and then I tweak it a little bit and then the cucumber salad actually I think was I originally made it um for my dad (laughs) because um for a little time he was living with me and we I was trying to get, I, I'm generally not um, as spice tolerant as my dad. He's from Malaysia and they eat a lot spicier <laughs> usually. And I somehow like it's, the spice taste buds kind of skipped me. But I was like, oh, I think he would really enjoy a spicy salad. And so um, kind of fiddled around with that and with what kind of chili to actually use in the recipe. And in, in- Speaking of, of tea again, what tea would you recommend for someone to sip while pulling up with a copy of Death by Bubble Tea? Uh, oh, so many different teas. It kind of depends on what mood you're in. 
So, I mean, I, I really like uh, jasmine green tea because I like kind of like the floral flavor along with like a counterbalancing it's like a slightly bitter green tea. Um, but I'm also a fan of like Earl Grey and, um, and then some like non-caffeinated like chamomile. I like those too. I'm sort of like any sort of tea <laughs> I'll kind of try. And my family jokes like, oh, we're opening the pantry and it's like a bunch of tea, right? I, I'm sure whether they go for hot tea or, or bubble tea, folks will be super eager to buy a copy of Death by Bubble Tea. So when is it available and where can they buy a copy? Oh, I hope I hope people are excited. So it's coming out July 5th. And you, they can find it and you can find it online. You can find it at your local bookstore. Um, and if it's not on the shelf, you can definitely ask, ask the bookseller to stock, stock on the shelf. And uh, speaking of it, well, I don't know if they'll actually find a shelf called Leave You Hungry for More, but <laughs> talking to you has definitely left me hungry for the next book in the series. And I know there was a little excerpt of it in the the. Uh, back of the current book death by bubble tea so what's what's the next book in the series the next book in the series is called hot pot murder and (laughs) and appropriately enough there's a hot pot gathering and um before the night is over you know something happens to uh, one of the uh, one of those gathered together and celine and yale have to figure out what happened what's the hot pot Oh, hot pot is um, known by different names. Sometimes people call it shabu shabu, which is slightly different, but um, the flavoring. But the hot pot is so there's like um, a portable burner, I guess, with a big pot, and you have broth in it that's um, boiled, and then you have a selection of vegetables and meats that you can put in there and just cook and and cook in the broth and then you kind of eat it's like um you know you can cook it and eat at the same you know and so it's like constantly being able to um dip something in and then take it out and then and then eat it so where can where can readers uh connect with you to find out more about uh your your LA night market series and maybe some more ideas for uh, uh, hot pot get-togethers or your favorite teas? Uh, are you on social media? Yes. So probably the central location would be my website, jenniferjchow.com. And that will have links to my books and the newsletter and my blog. And then I'm on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at jenjchow. Well, thank you very much for joining me again in the corner, Jen. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest today was Jennifer J. Chow, author of Death by Bubble Tea, the first L.A. night market mystery. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Until next time, goodbye.
Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.